G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, so many issues going on around the world. Christians who are under, in so many nations, just diabolical persecution. Uh, Christians being killed, uh, executed in all sorts of creative ways, if you could say that. Uh, But there is a real challenge and a call for Christians to be praying for Christian believers who are in some of these nations around the world where there is dramatic persecution. Uh, Let's get an update on a particular prayer day that's coming up on the 17th of October. Tim from Open Doors joining us to talk about a day of prayer for Syria. Hello, Tim. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me on. Tim, let's talk about Syria just quickly because you're calling Aussies to pray. Uh, What's what's been happening in Syria? What's the latest that you can let us know? Absolutely. So it's been a while now since Syria has been in the media in Australia, and I think a lot of people still remember the picture of that little boy who drowned on the beach, Aylan. The situation in Syria, however, is still ongoing. Uh, The war has reached new levels with new world powers, including Russia, getting involved in Syria. And so things are pretty bad in the country. Just for the Christian update in terms of things, the church is still shrinking, unfortunately, and it would be a tragedy if the gospel left Syria. We desperately want that not to happen. At least 700,000 Christians have fled the conflict in Syria, and the need there is absolutely dire. Tim, when you say Australians should pray for brothers and sisters who are in Syria, how do you specifically expect those sorts of prayers to be framed? How do you think those prayers ought to go from people who are on their knees around Australia for our brothers and sisters in Syria? It's really difficult when faced with a situation this large to know how to pray. And I was challenged recently, uh, somebody challenged me in my office and said to me, you know, when, when we look at all these statistics, and, and they said to me, Tim, you're quoting a lot of statistics, and it's overwhelming. Uh, and they said, the way that I find easiest to pray, so they passed this on to me, was to think about the individual situation. So they say, God, today we pray that a bullet destined for a pastor would miss. We pray that a barrel bomb dropped from a helicopter would malfunction and not explode. And so it's these simple prayers to protect civilians, to protect churches, to protect Christians are the ones that are really practical and things that we can be praying, but they seem to get lost. And so this is the way that we would encourage people to pray, as as well as, of course, the big prayers for an end to this conflict. Of course, things that are going on in Syria are so complicated. You've got the Russians now on the ground and uh, military activity that's going on there where they say that they are uh, confronting uh, ISIS. Uh, You've got Americans and even got Australians in the air, and uh, there's a bombing regime that's going on and uh, trying to push ISIS back. And, of course, in the middle of all of the different conflicts, all of the different 
and very complicated ways that things are happening in that nation. Christians are a little bit like the meat in the sandwich. And uh, the challenge there is to support those believers wherever you can. I guess that's got to be the part of your prayer that is just from the heart. It's like, God, it's so complicated. Uh, Do something. That's a really good description of how Christians have been caught in the middle, because that's really what is happening. One of the best examples of this is in the city of Aleppo, which is in the north, and it's constantly under threat from rebels, groups who are against the Syrian government. The Syrian government is desperately trying to hold it, but on the other side of a river that separates Aleppo uh, is Islamic State. And so the fear is real. There's actually a pastor in Aleppo that Open Doors is supporting through local church partnerships, and his name is Samuel, or that's not his real name, but that's the name we can tell. And he's chosen to stay in Aleppo. He sent his family out long ago, knowing that the danger was too much. And he talks about the fear every day of potentially being killed by a bullet or a bomb. Um, but he chooses to stay and serve the people. In fact, he said to us that his great encouragement and his constant prayer is Psalm 91, which talks about how God is a fortress. The thing here, Tim, that always gets me is that uh, while you can talk about the conflict and you can, as you say, you know, you're quoting a lot of statistics and all of these things seem overwhelming, but these are real people, flesh and blood people, uh, and those Christian believers uh, holding on to what perhaps we might think is like a holding on to a thin thread, <laughs> you know, this link to God, mm-hmm. expecting that he's going to uh, be their protector. Uh, this, is, this is the thing, isn't it? W- when you're praying from the heart, you're praying for real people in Syria. And it only takes you to meet one refugee to realize that, you know, when we say there are four million refugees who've left Syria, that's four million individual stories of people who've gone through intense trauma and suffering and have had to leave their home. But I guess one of the things that we're quite concerned with here at Open Doors is the 7.6 million uh, internally displaced people who can't escape Syria and yet have also been forced to flee their homes. They just don't have an option of getting out. I am also, of course, mindful that there'll be a whole bunch of Syrian refugees, uh, 12,000 announced of recent times, who uh, will be coming to Australia. And I guess, well, they're still, at this point in time, perhaps even in refugee camps. They're also a part of prayers, I guess. You've hit upon a really good point here. We, as the church in the West, in Australia specifically, we have this incredible opportunity now Uh, to be preparing ourselves to welcome these refugees. So if these refugees are Christian, we've got to welcome them into our existing churches and be prepared uh, for all of the issues that come with coming from a conflict war zone into a country that's quite peaceful. So there's going to be lots of issues there. And the place that we can start with that is prayer. So we really want Australian people to be getting behind prayer for Syria, uh, refugees among them, particularly those coming to us, and as well the refugees who I haven't mentioned. So there's a lot of refugees coming, and some of them will likely be Muslims. And these are going to be Muslims who haven't been reached with the gospel before. So we're seeing an incredible opportunity. Australian Christians need to prepare because we can evangelize to these people who have never heard the good news prior. 
Let's talk about the Day of Prayer for Syria and the day identified is the 17th of October. That's actually a Saturday and uh, this time you've got 54 churches so far who are locked in to actually doing something for this particular day of prayer. You've got some special events at various churches though around the nation. Uh, Which ones should people be looking forward to? So we've got three official hosted events, but there are multiple. There's going to be an event in your area if you are not planning one already. And if if you would like to, please head onto our website and register, which is opendoors.org.au forward slash Syria, and we will give you tools to run an event. But the official events that we are running, there's one in Brisbane, which is at Bridgman Baptist Community Church. And there's one going to be in North Sydney at St. Thomas's Anglican Church. Okay, so uh, with 54 churches on board already for this particular day of prayer for Syria, uh, you can actually register there and then there's some resources you can get a hold of to say this is how you can conduct a day of prayer. So uh, there might be listeners uh, around the nation in so many different places, even isolated communities where you think, well, I think we'll do that as well. I think what most churches are doing something on that Saturday uh, between something like 10 a.m. and noon, is that the sort of time frame that you're looking at for having this prayer time? Absolutely. So it doesn't matter when you pray, we just want you to pray and it's, it's how you choose to do it as well. That's why we're encouraging people to register online. Um, so we're running at 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. in Brisbane. In Sydney, we're going to be running it from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So it doesn't matter when you do it, just so long as you do pray for Syria. Okay, well that day is the 17th of October, the day of prayer for Syria. Uh, 54 churches already registered. You could register your church or your prayer group and be a part of what's happening with Open Doors. Here's the Open Doors website where you can get that detail and and perhaps some uh, resources as to how you can run a prayer meeting in your town, your community. It's www.opendoors.org.au forward slash Syria. Tim from Open Doors, good getting your insights today. Thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.